This is Lady Danielle, and this is my first podcast, my story, my journey from invisible to visible. As a little girl, I was always shy. Um, I kept to myself. I was afraid to talk to people, I believe. Today, people would call that standoffish or stuck up or whatever it may be. But it wasn't an intentional thing. I just didn't really have anything to say. Very funny little girl. When I hung around my peers, um, I loved to see people laugh. I didn't like to see people sad. So I always would find a way to make people laugh. Just being myself, I guess. Um... Never really thought about my being invisible, but as time progressed, I did see some things that caused me to feel invisible with people. I wasn't someone who was popular in school. I wasn't someone who was chosen a lot for, um, you know, like games or anything like that in elementary school. And I wasn't a person who hung around popular people, didn't want to. I felt like that was too much attention. (laughs) And most people that I saw that had a lot of attention, a lot of trouble also followed. So this journey that I've been on, um, developing in God, And him calling me to the forefront was and is for his own purposes and his glory. A lot of times I felt distant from people sometimes. um, I guess certain types of people. And really comfortable with being quote unquote invisible but other times I wanted to be a part of real deep friendship relationships like everybody else but for the most part I felt more comfortable being to myself because I didn't feel like there was anybody like me I didn't think like other girls thought a lot of things that I've gone through in my life um gave me a different mindset some good and others not but yet and still I look at myself now and I have to laugh sometimes because I know that I'm different I know I'm not the same person I was when I was a little girl People who've known me for years and see me now and know me and knew me back then, they see that I'm not the same. I've often heard, wow, you are not that little girl that you were back then, quiet and standoffish or, you know, just by yourself. I see you now and I'm like, wow, these are things that I've heard. And I'm wild myself because only God can take a life 
and change it. And only God can pull out of you what you didn't know was there, but he knew was there all along because he's the one that placed it inside of you. I'm in awe often with how he uses me. I feel like those times that he kicks in, as my pastor says often, when the Holy Spirit kicks in, I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience. I'm watching myself doing these things that he's really doing through me with regards to the people that I encounter. And I'm like, oh God, wow, what's going on? What just happened here? (laughs) And so I love God because he's awesome. And he is love, first of all. And for him to use somebody like me that a lot of people didn't value who I was, nor did I value who I was because I didn't know who I was. How can you value something that you don't know or that you don't recognize or that you don't think is of quality? Um, I've never been a person that's been in a lot of trouble. Again, I've often kept to myself and I liked it that way most times. But as I got older, I did long for longevity in relationships real good like long time friends I don't have any friends that I grew up with that I'm still really friends with you know how some people have their besties from elementary school or from high school through college and all that I don't have that um I'm almost okay with that (laughs) I do have some good friends though those that I really call my friends and my sisters. I do have a few of them. So that's that's cool. And that's only happened within the last maybe five years of my life, I believe. But a person who was once looked over, talked about, um, which I know a lot of people are talked about. But just really looked over and viewed as insignificant. (laughs) I'm beginning to see my worth. God sees my worth because he placed it in me. And I am his child. So that, that, again, that he's always known was in there which is in me he's bringing it to the forefront not for me to be popular not for me to be visible in the sense of thinking I'm all that in a bag of chips because I know that I'm not and I've never viewed myself as that I've often seen people who were popular I don't know if I've already said this or not but Trouble followed them. I feel like 
when you are visible to a lot of people, oftentimes you get attacked a lot. You get talked about even the more. You're gossiped about. Uh, you're a target. And so being invisible to some degree is good. And once you become visible, sometimes you do become a target. But I'm okay with that because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so my visibility right now is just a testimony of who God is in me. If there's anyone out there listening to this who's ever felt that they were not that they were insignificant or they felt that they didn't matter or that people just saw you as the low of low not because of anything that you've done not because you were you know a person who was mean or a person who did other people wrong or you just did dirt but just because you were you and you were different, that was the main thing that people saw. And when people see something that's not familiar, the unfortunate idea or the unfortunate um, perception is that I have to talk about them because they're different from me. So. With that being said, if you're ever in that place or if you've been in that place of feeling unworthy or insignificant or invisible to others, just know that you are always and always have been visible to God. And in his time, he will bring you to the forefront. I like the background, but God uses those people and those are the ones he used Often are those who are in the background and that are comfortable being in the background. Shall we take a roll call? David. Prime example. Was never looked at as anything. He was the baby boy tending his sheep. And the prophet came to obey God and find the king. And all of the brothers <laughs> did not make the cut. But young David made the cut. So be encouraged. When it's your time, it's your time. There's nothing braggadocious about what I'm saying. Because when Holy Spirit uses me, he's really using me. And I'm not in control of it. So I'm also in awe of what he's doing through me. And I often have questions afterwards. And even while I'm doing it. Or while he's doing it through me, I should say. So my journey from being invisible to, to visible has been very interesting. So I just want to encourage anyone out there to keep holding on. God sees you. He's always seen you. So connect up to him or connect with him. He's the only one, the only relationship that really, really matters. Be blessed.
Hello, this is Lady Danielle with episode two of my story, my journey from invisible to visible. On yesterday, um, God did something for me that I knew he would do, but, (laughs) you know, we have a thing to where we pray and ask God for certain things and he doesn't do it when we want him to. When he think he should, but he does it right in his own timing because he is sovereign. He does it the way he wants. He does it when he wants to. And he came through for me once again on yesterday. He made a way for me to complete a journey that I've been on for 25 plus years and never um, lost the desire to do what I'm about to do, which I'll tell you about that later. But talking about my invisibility or my being invisible, um, I'm not editing anything, so I apologize if this bothers you with my mess-ups, but I'm just being me, um, authentic as I can be. A person like me that was a little bit timid uh, when it came to certain people, I always would go through the background. Now, there were certain times that I did get this or have this boldness that would come over me to protect the underdogs. You know, those people who I felt were being taken advantage of or I felt that were being bullied. I did have moments to where I took up for them. But most of the time, I did not like confrontation. I hated it to a core to the core of my being. Um, I don't know if it was exactly fear or it was just me wanting to just remain a peacemaker. But when you do that, when you back down from people and what actually was going on was that I was valuing people and their emotions or their well-being above my own. That's not right. You cannot put anybody above yourself except for God because he's the only one that's um, worthy of that position. But you cannot allow people to bully you. I don't care if you're a child. I don't care if you're a teenager, a young person, an older person. I don't care if you're out of the church or you're in the church. No one has a right to bully you. No one has a right to be put above your well-being, except God, as I said before. But when you begin to see that you are valuable because of what God is showing you and how much he's, he's loving on you, even when you mess up, not saying that when you mess up, he's overlooking your mess up. That's not what I'm saying. So let's, let's get that clear. You repent to him. And if you're repenting from your heart and you're truly sorry for what you've done and you've walked away from it and you've changed your mind and you're working towards doing that. Because most times those habits that we have, mind being in lack of discipline and finances and eating right and doing a whole lot of things, studying the word and things like that. I keep trying. But those times that I've really, truly messed up. With finances, not giving up my tithes and my offering. I know a lot of people get crazy about 
that in the church because a lot of pastors have abused that in the church. But I don't think about pastors in that sense or that vein because it's not my job to judge them. They are under God's rule and he will judge their hearts and he will judge their motives. So the purposes of the tithe and the offering, getting off a little subject, but getting off subject a little bit, is to meet the needs of the church. Um, and that means the facility. And also it means those people who may have a need. You have the church, the building. You may be renting it. You may have a mortgage on it. You have people that help you um, administer in the church. You know, you have your staff. You have associate ministers, minister, uh, ministers of music and song or song, which that would that kind of blew me away. Um, people actually getting paid to be a psalmist. <laughs> it blew me away in the beginning, but God provided a way for me to um, be provided for for my ministry of of worship. Um, but the church has needs. The building has to be paid. The rent has to be paid most times weekly, sometimes monthly. Um, the mortgage has to be paid. The lights have to be paid. You know, you can't have a church and it's hot. It's not back in the day to where you had those, those churches to where, you know, you came in fanning and stuff. These days people won't air. <laughs> so you have to be able to provide those things. And also with the pastor, if that pastor is doing the will of God by leading God's people and speaking truth without compromise, he or she is deserving of a salary. Most pastors who are truly after God's own heart are sacrificing daily for their, their people, their congregation. There are not a whole lot of them. I can't name a lot of them, but the few that I know of who are truly after God's own heart have sacrificed much in their own families for the church, for the well-being, the spiritual well-being, and even some natural well-being of their congregations or their congregants. And they do deserve a salary from the tithes and the offering. There's a scripture in the Bible. I can't remember exactly where it is, but I know it's in, I think it's in New Testament where it says that beauty. Um, oh my gosh. How did this, how does this say? Beautiful are the feet of those who share the gospel. And I go back and I remember in um, when it was talking about King David, I think it was King David, and how the king's people, they took care of one another. The king had what he needed in his household, and every household represented in the palace or the courts had their needs met. That's how it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. There should be no separation of that. There should be no judgment of that. There should be no greed in that. And again, I can't judge anybody, but God sees all and he knows all. And he can judge the hearts of people, of man. So when I've messed up and have kept my tithes and my offering because of, you know, this bill needs to be paid or this, da, da, da. Yes, we need to pay our bills. Yes, we need the money. But I want to trust God that when he says to give, give, he says in Malachi 3, you ask me how 
have you robbed me? And he's telling them, you've robbed me in tithes and offering. You know, his house has needs too. And it's not that God can't provide above what we give or even if we don't give, he can. But we have to have a responsibility too. You know, we have to be a part of the vision that he set forth through the pastors, that he sets forth through our lives. That is our obedience to him and our giving and give ungrudgingly. We have to be cheerful givers when we give. I don't know how I got on that subject, but that's one of the things that I've often wrestled with. And it's my conviction about my giving to my God, because I want him to know that I trust him. It's his anyway. So why not? You know, and he's always met my need. He's protected what we didn't have. He's protected what we do have. He's provided what we lacked because we gave just like the, the woman with the, the few cents. I think it was two mites or something. And Jesus said that she gave way above the ones who actually had to give because she gave sacrificially. He recognizes those things. And so um, we just have to be people who truly have a heart for God, who truly put him first, who truly choose to do what's right in his side, in his eyes and allow our hearts to be one with him. And that brings me back to what he did for me yesterday. He just keeps on providing for me and my family, keep making a way out of no way. When I want to give up, he never allows me to give up. When I'm at the end and I'm just tired of fighting the same battle, I'm tired of fighting this battle that just keeps coming at me, keeps coming at me, keeps coming at me. But as it's keep as it's coming at me and it's continually coming at me, I'm developing strength. I'm developing courage. I'm developing um, tenacity and no fear of confrontation. I can meet things head on because that's him that's doing it through me. And like I was reminded on yesterday, speaking to my pastor about my testimony yesterday, anything that's worth having is worth fighting for. If it was easy, then you won't value it. But if it, if you have a fight with that thing, you'll value it. And then you'll gain what you need to gain from that. Because she told me that she looks at me now and she can't believe that I'm that same person that didn't want to confront that person that always had to be around their friends. And, you know, because I used to hold on to people. I, I really did. God bless me. Um, I just didn't want to let folk go, you know, even though they were letting me go. I don't have a problem with that now. God is trying to teach me how to hold on to people, <laughs> at least some people. But hearing those words and even seeing it within myself, I had an encounter on this past Saturday with a demonic spirit that was working in a woman and I didn't back down. And I know it was God because if I'd have thought about it, I wouldn't have being all up in her face like I was not that I was bullying or anything when there was no no altercations as far as physical it was all a spiritual battle but I didn't back down and God did that he put that in me 
And I'm grateful because, again, a person who has always been looked over, who always stayed in the background, who people looked at as less than. Oh, yeah, I have a plenty of many of gifts singing, not the greatest singer, but what I have, I give it to God and he uses it. Um, Creativity in a whole lot of areas. A giver, a person who really fights for a person, you know, when I'm really down for you, I want to, you know, fight for you. That's God in me. And it's always been there. And so I'm seeing that my past of being invisible is twofold. One, to hide me from the enemy and those who really want to use and abuse or wanted to use and abuse me. And two, in that place of being invisible, he began to develop me through everything that I've faced from being a baby up until now of being molested, misused, talked about, bullied, treated unfairly, lied on, cheated on, betrayed, all of those things, even with my my craziness, holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and being like a sponge holding on to past hurts and not letting it go quickly and thinking that nobody's there for me. Nobody loves me. I remember a time when I was really going through emotionally with um, some testing that was going on in me and God was pulling out my past because I had issues with uh, past friendships where I felt like I was so loyal to the people that I befriend, uh, that we were friends or whatever, that, um, you know, best friends and things like that, that they walked away from me and I never knew why they walked away from me. Was I not popular enough? Was I not good enough? Yes, I didn't dress the best. What I did, I had, I wore hand-me-down clothes. Yes, I did. Who didn't? In their past, you know, but I thank God now for that, that he still provided for me to have clothes and shoes to wear, whether they came from whomever. Most of the times they were some very nice clothing, you know, and during those times of feeling less than. Undervalued, left out, overlooked were people walking away from me, my my friends, I called my best friends. At the age of 12, I declared that there was never, ever going to be another person in my life that I called the best friend. And I have never called one that since. But I've come, I've had relationships in my older years that I became loyal to. And, but I was being selfish as well because they were going through things that I did not understand. I just felt like you're abandoning me just like I've always been abandoned by people or felt that way. But no, it wasn't that it was God used it to show me what was working in me, what I had not dealt with, what I didn't know I needed to deal with. And so that right there, a good thing about being invisible, God started to develop me to where I'm okay. 
if I'm not around my friends. Like I said, I only have a few friends or people that I call my friends, you know, my sisters that I can go to if I need, ask if I have to borrow some money or if I want to talk about something that I feel like I can talk about with my husband. It might be concerning my husband or whatever it may be, something that I just need somebody to speak truth to me. And that I respect and will tell me the truth and not sugarcoat it with me. That's what I do. And that's what I thank God for. Even in that, making a way for me to be the person that I'm becoming right now. And I'm sitting here speaking to whomever I'm speaking to. And I'm just overwhelmed right now. I'm trying to hold back my tears. But I'm just truly grateful to God for all that he's doing in my life. And that... He's he's ever showing me that I'm worth a lot to him. He chose me as my husband ministered this past Sunday about God's choices desire. He desired me. Little old me, little old lady. The little girl that was so shy that would cry every time she got up to sing at church that would back down. I had a few fights in my life, but for the most part, I just wanted to keep peace. <laughs> that was it. But now, I ain't the same no more. I am not the same. And I thank God for seeing what's always been there in me that he's placed there. And now I can continue growing and allow my eyes and my heart to be open to what he's doing every day in my life. <laughs> How much he's Showing me that he loves me, even though when I'm, like I said before, when I mess up so badly, I feel like, God, you don't have to do nothing for me. I've messed up so bad. I'm tired of messing up. Why do I keep doing this? I talk to God like this. I ask him questions. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep self-sabotaging myself? Why this? Why that? You know, the consequences of my sins. Oh, yeah, they beat me in my butt. They do. At one point, I thought it was God because I felt like he was mad at me because I messed up. But perfect love cast out fear. And that love that he gives me, I guess I didn't trust it because of man's love. That's let me down. That's disappointed me, you know. And it's a sad thing that because we've encountered, um, you know, unhealthy experiences with people us it's it works both ways us and them you know we do it they do it most it may not be intentional for some like for me it wasn't intentional sometimes it was but our perception of God's love is tainted because of these things these experiences that we've had and I'm learning that and he's he's continually showing me I love you girl yeah, you messed up. Yes, I'm going to allow your, your circumstances to whoop you in your butt, uh, to whoop your butt. But yet and still, I'm going to give you what I know you need because you need to know that I love you. Despite my chastening you. You need to know that I've called you for my purposes, that I chose you before you were even in your mother's womb. I knew you were going to come through an adulterous affair. I knew it. It wasn't my choice for you to go through that, but I knew it because of your parents' choice. 
He knows our choices and our thoughts before we even make them. And I used to ask God, well, God, if you knew I was going to do it, why didn't you say something to me? Why didn't you stop me? Why would he stop you? He gave us free will. We have to make the right choices. And we have to do them in a manner that we know it's going to please God. Are we going to get it right every day all the time? No, we're not. But we grow from it. We grow from our mess. We grow from our bad choices. At least we should. And we should never give up, people. We should never give up. So, before I continue to cry too much to worry, nobody can understand what I'm saying. Let me just encourage you again that no matter what your past is, no matter what you've dealt with in your life, whether it have been sexual abuse like me, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, betrayal from your relationships with a husband or a wife or a friendship, mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, aunt, person on your job, whomever, no matter what you've done in your life, if you used to lie, if you gossiped, if you cheated, if you, you know, if you stole, if you cussed, drank alcohol, then did drugs, prostitution, whatever it may have been. God is a forgiving God. Jesus the Christ, Elohim, El Shaddai, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. My God, the most high God. He is forgiving. If you confess your faults to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and turn you from unrighteousness. All you have to do is get tired of what you're doing that you know that's not pleasing to God. And even if you don't know that it's not pleasing to God because you may be new in this relationship you got with God, you may be a new babe in Christ and you don't know a whole lot and you're still learning don't focus on us people we will mess you up trust focus on God if you are under the leadership of a pastor who's teaching straight from the word of God in the Bible and teaching you how to study the word of God how to pray how to worship you're under good leadership but don't stop there because then you'll be able then you'll turn your eyes to your pastor and make them your god don't ever do that take what they're teaching you apply it to your life get into your own space your own quiet time with god and allow him to minister to you and allow him to bring his word to pass allow him to show you his word in action that intimacy that you want to build with him. I tell you, I don't know where I'd be if God, if he didn't keep his hands on me. He's always had his hands on me. Even in the times that I was being sexually abused and sodomized at 11 years old and orally um uh, Sexually, you know, sexualized orally at the age of six years old, fondled with at the ages of nine and ten. He was always with me. Not that he was happy that I was going through it, 
but he still was with me. Do you know I could have lost my mind? I could have been a prostitute. I could have been on drugs. I could have been on alcohol. I could have just hated the world. But God has always kept me and he's made me different. And that abuse caused me to think differently. No, I did not trust men. I did not trust guys. But it wasn't to the point to where I didn't just absolute not trust. It brought caution to me to where I didn't get into things that would have made me worse. A couple of times I almost did. But God had his way of checking me and I listened. I was afraid. So I didn't. That was God. It wasn't me, but it was him. And that lets me know that he's always had a purpose for me. Wow. (laughs) So if you're ever in that place or if you've been in that place, even if you're in it right now and you feel that you've been invisible, just hold on. God is hiding you. He's he's preserving you. Don't move too quickly. You may know what your purpose is. He may have you to where you're supposed to go out to the nations and minister to people and and do this, that, and the other. Whatever your call is. But don't move too fast. Allow God to move you into the visible. That way you're protected and you're not robbed or raped by people who just see what you have and want to use and abuse you. God bless you, my friends. I leave you with this song that I ministered to God and myself in the shower. And that's my quiet place. The shower in my car is not my home right now because our space is small. And it's six of us in this household and I don't want to disturb anybody. But just thinking about how he made a way for me yesterday just brought up in my spirit a worship, a praise, even the more. And I was thinking about God when I make it to the stage on December 15, 2018. I'm graduating from college, y'all. That's that's my th- that's the journey I've been on. That's the fight I've had for 25 plus years. And only these last seven years have really been the fight to get out of the school because <laughs> of finances. And he once again made a way for me to do that. And I said, God, I want everybody I know, even if I don't know you personally, I want you at my graduation from Texas Southern University, 3100 Cleburne Street, December 15th, 2018 at 9 a.m. in the stadium, the gymnasium. I want you there because you all will see. A living testimony of God's faithfulness, of God's favor, of God's blessing, and especially God's grace and mercy. That's that's me, Lady Danielle. So I'll leave you with this. You made a way when my back was against the wall and it looked as if it was over. Lord, you, you made a way. And I'm standing here only because you've made, Lord, you made a way. You made a way.
When my back was against the wall And it looked as if it was over Lord, you, you made a way And I'm standing here Only because you made a way Cause you move mountains You cause the walls to fall With your power You perform the miracles And there is nothing That's impossible And I'm standing here As a living testimony That you made away and he'll do it for you too god bless you